This is Healthcare's Missing Logic Podcast number 85. In this episode, we present to you an encore episode featuring Dr. Barry Johnson. In the interview, he's sharing information about his book published in May of 2020 called And Making a Difference by Leveraging Polarity, Paradox, or Dilemma. Barry's book has received exceptional reviews on Amazon, including this one. Barry Johnson's new book, And, is both timely and important. Polarity thinking is such a useful theory that once you learn the concepts, you will notice polarities wherever you go. Of course, you've been dealing with polarities your whole life, and Barry's book provides language to think, understand, and use polarities in your life. This is an amazing book for organizations and for life. We couldn't agree more. So if you have listened to the podcast, you'll definitely want to re-listen. And if you haven't, you won't want to miss this important conversation with Barry Johnson about his book, and. Hi, healthcare leaders. I'm Tracy Christofferson. And I'm Michelle Trosett. We're your hosts for Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast, and we are so grateful you joined us today. You're about to see healthcare problems and challenges through a brand new lens and take your leadership to a whole new level with this podcast. We've coached healthcare leaders from across North America for over 30 years as they strive to establish healthy healing organizations and thriving work cultures. This is the only podcast that shows healthcare leaders how to apply polarity thinking, the missing logic in healthcare, to their reoccurring challenges so they can stop wasting time, money, and resources on fixes that fail. If you want to create a healthy healing organization where staff and leaders thrive and perform at their highest level, where values are aligned, outcomes are sustainable, and the highest quality of care is delivered, then this podcast is for you. Keep listening. Each week, you're going to learn how to leverage a polarity mindset and manage competing priorities as we use a polarity lens to explore everyday challenges with the leaders who are striving to manage them. We're thrilled you're here. Hello, everyone. It's Michelle. And Tracy, welcome back to another episode. We're excited to be here. We are, and we have Dr. Barry Johnson back for the third time. You know, what do they say, Tracy? The third time's the charm, although every time's been a charm with Barry. Oh, man, you know, Barry's our mentor. So anytime we're with Barry, we're just happy as heck, right? Just feels so good to be in his presence, even virtually. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and we are so excited that this book that we've been hearing about is finally published. We actually have copies in our hot little hands, and we are excited that Barry's with us today to share what this book is all about, and it's quite a story. Yeah, yeah, and you know, um, he's just so wise, and he's learned so much uh, since the last book was written, right, since his first book was written, and it's just so timely. It's just so timely with all the tensions we're experiencing in the world right now. Um, it's just, uh, it was a great conversation and uh, a great kind of overview of what's in the book and uh, I'm tapping into Barry's wisdom, right? Right. Exactly right. Not going to want to miss it. No. So let me reintroduce you to Barry if you've been introduced before. I'm going to share a little bit different introduction of him, kind of a little bit of his story, right? So uh, this is uh, Dr. Barry Johnson, right? From 1965 to 1970, Barry lived in East Harlem in New York City. 
And there he witnessed some of the impact of his dominant white culture on those marginalized by that dominant culture. It is dehumanizing for both cultures when that happens. And there's plenty of injustice to protest. And he found himself doing a lot of it. <laughs> by 1970, he realized that he had wanted to understand how to develop organizations, communities, and nations that functioned well for all rather than just protest when they became oppressive for many. Protest is important, which he continues to do, and there's a need for prevention and development. Barry decided to start with himself and his own development and work up to larger and larger systems. And in 1975, while in the final weeks of a two-year program with the Gestalt Institute of Cleveland, he had a session with a client in which the first polarity map emerged. It was a powerful breakthrough session that impacted both the client and Barry, and it was clear to Barry that the client's positive development generated by their movement through the polarity map could be had by any system regardless of size. Since then, he's been learning with people all over the world from a variety of disciplines how to apply the polarity map and principles to their situations. In 1992, Barry wrote his first book on polarities, Polarity Management, Identifying and Managing Unsolvable Problems. And in 2009, he co-authored a second book with Roy Oswald, Managing Polarities in Congregations. And Volume 1, Foundations, along with And Volume 2, Applications, represents what Barry and his colleagues have learned about and thinking since his first book came out in 1992. Barry continues to learn with clients and colleagues how and thinking can be useful for enhancing our quality of life with our families, organizations, communities, countries, and on our planet. Barry and his wife Dana have five children and 11 grandchildren, and they both love kayaking and walking together anywhere. And they're just such wonderful, genuine souls. And so without further ado, here's our interview with Dr. Barry Johnson. Barry Johnson, welcome back. We're so excited to be with you today. And you know, you're not just a one-time or a two-time. This is your third time on our podcast. <laughs> uh, it's a treat to be with both of you. Thank you. Uh, we're so grateful to have you here and truly honored, right, that you spend mm -hmm. your time with us. It was one of the things that got me out of bed this morning. Oh, I get to be with Barry today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we like to do a little banter, just a little chit-chat in the beginning. And, um, oh, my gosh, like there isn't enough going on in the world and in our personal lives. So, you know, one of our one of our values is to start with gratitude. So we thought maybe you could start with gratitude today and share with our listeners what you're most grateful for right now. Well, I, um, one of the things that I'm grateful for, actually it's, it's, a, it's a, a couple of things that I mentioned in the beginning of the book. And, and that is, um, I'm grateful for the reality um, or my perception of reality around two polarities. One of them is that that all of us are loved unconditionally and that all of us are accountable for our actions. So the polarity of love and accountability, um, it really supports me, especially in difficult times. And the other one is that each of us are unique and all of us are connected. And so I, I find myself... Um, I mentioned in the front of the book that, that these are important polarities to pay attention to because they 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 impact you know throughout the book as you read the book those are both really relevant and uh, and what I'm aware of is that 
that they they stay with me uh, every day, and they become especially important uh, when times get difficult, as they they are for many. Um, so I'm I am grateful for uh, also for just the privileges that I live within as a white rich male in this country, where a lot of people are uh, are extremely challenged by uh, by the uh, by COVID-19, that pandemic, and then the pandemic of uh, uh, systemic racism in the country. Mm-hmm. So I need to do my part in relation to that, but I'm grateful for uh, what I have. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, those are critical, critical pluries for all of us to be paying attention to. So thanks for bringing them to our attention. Um, and congratulations on the publication of and making a difference by leveraging polarity paradox or dilemma volume one out we both got our copy our signed copy we're so grateful for our signed copies this is going to be under my pillow yes. every night <laughs> going to be absorbing it reading it and just yeah soaking it all in and uh what a labor of love for you and uh, just congratulations i know that there was so much intention and deep thought that went into this publication and um, so thank you for our copies and for sharing your wisdom with the world and, uh, tell our listeners just a little bit, you know, this is volume one and there's a volume two, which will be applications, yeah. uh, but just tell our listeners a little bit about these two volumes. Well, the, uh, the first volume is, is trying to put together, uh, what we've learned since my first book came out in 92. There's just a lot of, a lot of experience enhancement of the theory, uh, modification of the polarity map. It's an evolving theory. So I assume that 10 years from now, the map might look a little bit different and we'll have more uh, theory that we will have learned from people applying it. Um, so the, the first book was about, about uh, just grounding people in the basics of polarity thinking and intentionally looking at applying it at various levels of system. So in every section, each section of the book Uh, looks at a different uh, sort of fundamental polarity, and then it looks at it from different system sizes. So it starts with with the individual or family dimension of this polarity, then looking at the organizational dimension, then the national dimension, then international dimension. And a few of them, at the end of the section, I talk about how that particular polarity actually shows up in the the brain, in in brain research. So that's... um, uh, that was an effort. It's, it's been a little over 18 years since I decided that I had to write this book. And so it extends over that period of time and some of the learning along the way. And so that was volume one. And and originally I was going to have a section, the second half of volume one was going to be contributions by others because I wanted the message to be clear that this isn't about me. It's about the phenomena and that that I'm not the only one that is using it and using it effectively. There's a whole host of other people, including the two of you, who are using polarity thinking very effectively, combining it with your discipline, with your experience, and with your life wisdom. And so to have that second volume, the, the contribution potential got so big, I didn't want to try to push it into one book. So that's why we created a volume two. And the message from volume two is, the medium is the message, uh, and that is that there are a lot of caring, uh, bright people uh, who are using polarity thinking in a lot of different disciplines, 
around the world. And so I wanted, um, I wanted people to be aware of that great group of people that are out there. Um, and so I appreciate both of you contributing a couple of chapters uh, in the healthcare arena. And it's just wonderful. There are 46 different authors in volume two. Uh, and uh, and I'm it's actually it's the part I'm most proud of. I'm very yeah. proud of the book, but I'm most proud of the fact that there are so many people like the two of you who have found this useful and have made it useful in your settings. Yeah, wow, that must really warm your heart to see that Barry. And it kind of reminds me of Tracy and I in our work with healthcare when we would tap the stories. We called them wisdom from the field. So that that whole application book kind of reminds me of that. It's like who's what's really happening out there? How are people applying it? So about yeah. wow, 46 contributors chapters. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Barry, um, can you share with our listeners too, who is the book for? <clears throat> well, the, the book is, is for people uh, who are interested in making a difference in Whatever in whatever part of their life they want to make a difference, and it could be so. In my family, I'd like to make a difference in how uh, in how my family uh, functions together, or in the organization that I'm a part of, um, or as a national citizen, I'd like to make a difference in what's happening in my country, or even internationally. And one of the goals of the book is to uh, have people experience. A, a polarity at the family level and then uh, which everybody is most familiar with and least overwhelmed by although families can be overwhelming at times but, <laughs> but, <laughs> that's an understatement <laughs> but they but the um the possibility of using their wisdom around a polarity at the family level of system they can see how it's scalable and the, the principles are the same for the family of nations and so it's, it's to support people who want to make a difference in any part of their life. And they may be a, they may be a leader so they, they can influence their company because they're a leader in an organization. Or they may be somebody who's a, a team member uh, of, a, you know, of a team in, a, in an organization. Somebody who's, who's in movement politics, want to deal with, uh, with poverty, racism, and sexism, which we address in the book. So it's mostly about people who are aware they're more interested in making a difference than they are in trying to accumulate a lot of money. Um, so that's, I think that's the differentiation of, of who it's for. Um, it will help you make money. Um, and uh, it's, its primary benefit is to help you make a positive difference in the world. Mm. Well said, I think that just points out how universal polarities are and just why it's so important everyone understands them. Mm -hmm. So that's great, Barry. Um, can you share with our listeners how polarity thinking, um, or both and thinking, and of course the title of the book is and, helps to overcome the two obstacles um, that we all face, resistance to change and polarization? Um, yes, I think, uh, I appreciate you asking that. I think those are the two areas where a polarity lens becomes immediately useful and obvious. So every time you're trying to make a change, uh, you, you're trying to improve your organization or you're trying to improve uh, uh, your country or your community um, or even improving your own life, the, the usual thinking about that is a use of what we call gap analysis. 
usually in our change efforts, we think, well, what's the present situation? And what concerns do I have about it? You know, what kind of problems do I have in the present? And then uh, another focus is on my preferred future. So how would I like it? That What would be better than, than the present? And so the, uh, the other element in change strategies usually is a strategy to go from where we are seen in negative terms to where we want to be seen in positive terms. Uh, so a good example of that is, uh, is Bonnie's uh, work from Hierarchy to Partnership. And so she was aware of the, some of the extreme limitations of hierarchy without adequate partnership. So systems were organized in hospital systems, organized vertically, but not organized horizontally. But patients see, experience hospitals horizontally. So we need to make sure that not only are we effective in our hierar hierarchy, our vertical arrangement, but we need to have effective horizontal arrangements. And this is where you, you are actually leaders in the field of looking at how do you be more effective horizontally while respecting uh, that verticalness. And, and so uh, what happens in change efforts is we tend to see, as Bonnie did, the downside of hierarchy. And the natural answer is, well, let's have more partnership. Let's have more horizontal integration, which was absolutely true. What was helpful, though, was for Bonnie, and this is what actually brought us together, for Bonnie, when she first heard about polarity, she said, oh, I see why I'm getting so much resistance yeah. to my effort to go after vertical integra horizontal integration is because those who I'm talking to, especially the top of the organization, are believing that I'm saying you have to destroy uh, the, hor the vertical system, you know, that hierarchy is bad and, uh, and the... Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, system integration is uh, is good. And so um, what helped was for Bonnie, and Bonnie and I used to do some workshops in hospitals on this, we would actually have people um, um, move around in the polarity map, which was vertical and horizontal. How do we respect the best we can get out of vertical systems? And how do we focus on horizontal integration and, and partnerships? So with with any change effort, there will be this, uh, this the tendency to go from the downside of one pole to the upside of the other without adequately including the upside of the pole you're moving from and the downside of the pole you're moving towards. And yeah. so you generate resistance to your change effort. The second one is on polarization. And this is where uh, another place where polarities show up. And the reason they show up there is because polarities, um, there's a natural tension between the two poles of a polarity. And when people experience that tension, um, they, they usually uh, get into a fight, uh, an either-or fight, who is right? Are we going to do, you know, are we going to centralize or are we going to decentralize? You know, um, these kinds of either-or assumptions show up. And what a polarity map does is it creates the possibility and the framework in which to look at what if both sides are not only right, but they both need each other. And so a polarity map brings to polarized folks a chance to stand on their value and get the other, both sides get a chance to stand on their value. And they also uh, get a chance to identify what they, what they are afraid of about the person who's supporting the other pole or the group that's supporting the other pole. So if we were to, just going back to vertical and horizontal, if you were to get together with some hospital employees, the administration many people on the administration would stand on the upside of, of the uh, vertical part of the system, of hierarchy. 
we need to have clear chain of command, clear communication up and down the system, and they would be standing on a legitimate point. Um, others who would say, well, we need to have system-wide integration. We need to have partnership across the system in a horizontal fashion. They would have a place to stand. So the hospital could be polarized around these two groups, both of them being right and both of them need each other. So with polarization, it's helpful to get people out onto a polarity map because they both feel legitimated in their values and fears. Yeah, yeah. That's such a great example. And I'm so glad you, you brought up the example of uh, hierarchy and partnership. It's so pertinent. Of course, it'll never go away. And for our listeners who are listening, Bonnie, that Barry's referring to, is uh, Bonnie Wissork, and she's a mentor of ours along with Barry. And um, actually, on Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast number two, you get to hear both Bonnie and Barry and how they met. And, um, and Bonnie also has an episode, I can't remember what number it is, Tracy, where she actually talks in great depth about the hierarchy and partnership um, polarity. And the other thing that came to mind, Barry, with that example is being in the healthcare field for as long as Tracy and I have been, of course, this would be appropriate to any field, but when you talked about the gap analysis, it's just the awareness we had for many years of the millions of dollars that were wasted with traditional consulting firms mm-hmm. because that was their approach, right? They just would do the current state, preferred state, and they would look at it through a problem-solving lens. And we recognized in our work with meeting you and um, having working with Bonnie that it is an and in both, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's the, and that's how it just really, the whole map helps you frame that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the other thing that we just really loved about your book was how you were a guide to your readers. And it really feels, Barry, like you're right there with us, the way that you wrote this book and how it was a little bit different than your first book. And uh, really what jumped out with us was your um, kind of guiding all of us as readers to read your introduction first. So we're kind of grounded in the intention, which I think is really important. And then um, how you also and help, help the reader, including us, start with the chapter that um, resonates with you the most. So what was your, you know, what was your rationale of kind of starting the book out with that, with, in that way? Well, um, I was given, uh, over, over the process of 18 years of writing this, I've gotten a lot of advice from people about how to write a book. As, uh, <laughs> so... So, uh, and a lot of it was very helpful. <laughs> and one of the things that, that I was told by some publishers as I was exploring the, the book with them is they said, look, Barry, you know, you have, to, you have to capture people in the first few pages or they're not going to read the book. They'll just put it on the shelf. And uh, so you have to have this, the beginning has to really be something relevant to them. And I thought, wow, there's such a diverse group of people I'm, I'm writing for here. How would I know what would be best for whom? And, uh, and that's when I thought, well, you know, actually, I could just encourage them to start where they want to start. They know what's, what they're most interested in. So it was, it was trusting the reader uh, and just encouraging them to say, well, what am I most interested in? And the hope was that if they read a chapter that they were really interested in uh, around a topic that you know, excited them, because some are more interested in the family, some organization, but some are really international politics, you know. Uh, and so, uh, so that's why it, it was there, to try to, to uh, be as responsive to their interests as I could. 
So. Yeah, I, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. <clears throat> I've had some good responses on that. Some people said, I took you up on it, Barry. And, and, yeah. and, they, and you know, and they, they got excited about it and it, and it did support them and going back, okay, let me, let me get grounded in this a little bit, but it sure makes sense from what I know. The other advantage is that since all of us have been living with polarities our whole life, at some level, you can start anywhere in the book and it, it makes sense already. Yeah. You know, like there's, um, because this phenomena is, is, we've been dealing with it and it's just a way of framing it for people. And so their life experience supports them, even if they haven't read the initial chapters. Yeah, so true. It's so true. And you just, yeah, you, you, you go where um, your needs are most immediate, right? Which is just brilliant. And, but there was also kind of an intentional design for each of the sections, right? Like you, you've organized this. I mean, you've got each, each section organized in a certain way, but mm -hmm. then you also have the sections delineated in a, in a certain way. Can you share a little bit more about that and your intention with that? Um, <clears throat> yes. Um, I, so I started off with just trying to help people understand the basics that would apply to everything. And, um, and then I was just thinking about, um, which would be the, uh, which polarity would I like to, to start off with and go from a section, uh, from, from the family to international. And it became really clear to me that I wanted to use the part whole polarity because it sort of explains why the rest of the sections are done this way. So at one level of system, the part like in a team, in a hospital, you have a team leader um, and you have these team members and, and each team member is a part of the team as a whole. And so, uh, and in this case, the generic polarity is what parts want, whether the part is an individual member of a team or a country in the United Nations. In both cases, what a part wants is the freedom to express their uniqueness and to take initiative without having to check without a lot of other people, to be spontaneous and, and you know. But those, so that's what individual team members in a hospital and individual countries in the United Nations would want, the freedom to express their uniqueness and to, and to be able to take action um, and take initiative. Those who are trying to pay attention to the whole, so this would be the, the head of the team, the team leader in the hospital, or the head of the United Nations. In either case, what they're interested in is, is combining the individual freedom of the part with equality among the parts, right? So as a parent, we want, we want our kids to be unique, but we also want them to pay attention to the family as a whole and how to share what they've got and, and how to, you know, how to be a part of the family. Um, so their uniqueness is important and the freedom to express themselves, but they also need to pay attention. They have responsibilities to the family and they are a part of a family. They need to help take care of the family. And so that, so freedom is balanced with some kind of equality. Um, then uh, the, uh, the first is freedom and then, and then paying attention to, you, to uniqueness and so um, each country, for example, in the United Nations, wants to celebrate its uniqueness. Um, we are unique in the world, and every country is. Every, every person is unique. And so uh, uh, that dimension is true. The uniqueness uh, for the, on the individual side, um, on the part, needs to be balanced with on the whole side with connectedness. We're all unique, but we're all also connected. 
there's this interdependency. And then individual initiative on the whole side needs to be balanced with a kind of synergy. It's initiative of the whole. How do we initiate together and create a synergy amongst us? So, so that was the, um, that dimension was important to get, uh, get uh, identified first. So that whole section is about that at different levels of systems. Um, and then uh, I focus on change, which is, so remember, this is the, the, the stability and change polarity we've talked about. So the whole section is about change. If you want to make a difference by making a change in your own life, looking at yourself as the one whom you're hoping to have some change with, or uh, working with any level of system, uh, that whole section is, is about change. Uh, and then the other one, uh, the next section is about justice and mercy. And this, this fits with the important message, which is central to the book, um, which is that all of us are accountable for our actions and uh, each of us is unique. And so, um, uh, I mean, all of us are accountable, I'm sorry. So each of us are, are uh, loved and each of us are accountable. Then I went to the polarization section about, and this is, this is essentially with the part part. So in a family, the part-whole polarity is the individual in the family. In the family, the part-part is one sibling with another or, or one, one member of the family with another member of the family. How do these two parts get along? And this is where we get into power issues um, and sh being able to claim power and share power. Um, so those were, the, those were the central polarities. And then we get into uh, the genius of or and the genius of and. Because now that they've understood how polarities work and have seen a lot of applications, I want to make sure in this part of the book that people don't, uh, because they see all of a sudden how ubiquitous and uh, is and polarities are, um, that they assume that they need to let go of or thinking or reject or thinking in order to move into and thinking. And that itself is an example of or thinking. So the rejection of or thinking is an example of or thinking. So I talk about, you know, making sure you hold on to your problem-solving skills and your or thinking, and then you supplement it with and thinking. Um, and then I wanted to talk about now, then I start stacking all of the polarities that were previously identified in the book, the major uh, types of polarities, and show what happens when you, when you stack them and you get the dysfunction of one combined with the dysfunction of another, and it leads to extreme problems and I identify poverty, racism, and sexism as three of the things that, that come out of that. Um, so, uh, and this, it's really important uh, because we tend to, when we find things that are very, that are terrible going around, going on around us in our life, we tend to look for an evil source. We do, uh, we do a, uh, root analysis sort of orientation. What's the what's the root cause of that? And then well, what's the root cause of that? And we end up always trying to find someone to blame and it's either ourself which leads to excessive guilt or it's somebody else which leads to self-righteous indignation, but neither of them help you deal with uh, things like poverty, racism, and sexism. Um, and then doing and being was the final one um, uh, and uh, and in that uh, in that section, I, I talk about uh, the importance in your effort to make a difference. Uh, don't get caught like I did, just so focused on making a difference that I was neglecting my, my home life and my family life until 
uh, Dana confronted me about that. And so that's, that's an important, I want to support people. If you're going to make a difference in the world, take care of yourself was the message. Uh, and then also the limits of polarity. The last chapter is about the fact that polarity thinking, it, the whole book is actually sits on one pole of polarity. And, and the, the other pole is, uh, is just um, a dimension where, uh, where love exists independent of our action and is not driven by or guided by our own action. Uh, instead, uh, we're guided by that love. And so that gets into um, uh, the, the Martin Buber's work uh, and, and the interface with the mystics, uh, stuff that goes beyond words, beyond problem solving, uh, beyond leveraging polarities, uh, a life of, uh, in which we're all connected and loved. And then at the end, the book was already at the publisher and the COVID-19 broke out. And I thought, I can't be having a book come out in the middle of COVID-19 and not be commenting on it through a polarity lens. So I got the publisher to agree to just give me a chance to write a couple of short uh, uh, articles that would do two things. One, I could they can have the op-ed or articles for publication, but they also could be dropped in as postscript chapters in the book. And so they just sort of finish at the end. So that's a long-winded summary, but that's that's what it is and why it is. Well, it's just so helpful, you know, and um, I just think it, it just helps to know what your intention is as you're, you know, organizing your thinking and your wisdom over these last 18 years, right, to, to, um, to share that. And so I want to go back to a couple of different elements that you brought up. And, um, you know, one is um, just the whole um, essence of grounding everybody in kind of that mother polarity of heart and whole. Yeah. And that's been a big, you know, um, driver for Michelle and I as well, right? When missing logic, because it's about, you know, especially with the crisis around burnout. And now we know that that's even escalating further with the, the um, experiences clinicians and leaders are having as a result of COVID and just this, this phenomenal time that we're in, right? Yeah. But our, our focus is always, you know, it's been like you can't over focus on the system, right? On the whole. And, and there's this tendency to say the system's broken, therefore fix the system. It's the system's fault that people have burnout, right? Which we know it does, it is a contributing factor, but it is not the only factor. And it kind of goes back to what you're saying about accountability, right? Mm -hmm. So it kind of is that um, organizational accountability, individual accountability uh, as oh. a polarity that sits within that part and whole. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so our, you know, our message has been yes and, Every individual is responsible for their own well-being and and um, you know their resilience in, in this time. Yeah, absolutely, Tracy. It's a great point. Yeah, and so I think it. I think. Um, do you find that kind of using the bigger frame of part and whole can help people get the deeper layer of the polarity when it gets to a specific issue like this? I mean, you're kind of using that frame in your book. Yeah. Um, but what's been your experience with that? My experience is that it's easiest in most cases, this isn't for everybody, but in most cases it's easiest to work from, from the, uh, from the smallest system up. Um, so, you know, taking care of yourself and taking care of your family or taking care of yourself and taking care of the team. Um, and, uh, and so it, it's most obvious and the cycle time is shorter. It's the bigger the system, 
the longer the cycle time in terms of oscillating uh, uh, around the two poles. And so, um, but it, it's amazing how once they see it, and I'm sure this is your experience as well, once they see the part whole at any level of system, it's quite easy to say, oh yeah, well that, that would be true also, you know, with me and the organization. Um, uh, and uh, so, uh, these, that's what I've, I've found to be, to be useful. It, it just is so scalable and easily scalable. And most people get it, I think, rather quickly. Is that your experience? Yes, yes. And, and actually, we are, um, you know, we're, we're working uh, both of the poles, right? So when we do our work with the individuals, we're really starting with the things that are most personal to them, right? With yeah. their own burnout, right? Their own overwhelm. They are yeah. individual and, you know, taking care of themselves and taking care of others. And, and in healthcare, the tendency is to focus always on the others because it's yeah. a core part. It's a value. It's their mission in life to care for others. Right. So right. they innately overemphasize that and right. um, don't give enough attention to themselves. So in a lot of our coaching, we're starting kind of at that level to get them to recognize how they're experiencing this individually before we um, advance their thinking about it or help them open up their thinking about it on a larger scale. So, yeah, yeah, we're seeing that as well. And then the other, the other thing too was just, we love the closing of this with the doing and being right. And, and um, you know, because we're, we're having people think about that too. And uh, you know, as they think about who they are as healthcare leaders, we're also helping them to think about, you know, because we're finding that people that we talk with mostly are achievers, <laughs> well, high achievers like we are, which, you know, <laughs> you know what that leads to, right? That leads to a lot of doing. Um, yeah. As you shared your story in the book and Michelle's had a similar yeah. story, right? With just, um, you know, being in the downside of the doing. So we're trying to help people see that. And we've even taken them a little bit, right? Like right into the map of the doing pieces and the being pieces kind of in that stacking, right? Of, yeah. of work and home. Then, yeah. you know, then there's another layer of this, which is doing and being. Um, so yeah, we just love that you did that and, and appreciate your intention um, behind that as far as people wanting to make a difference and don't get so focused on making the difference that you forget, right? Yeah. To take care of yourself to just be, sometimes you have to just be. Yeah. Yeah. We're actually recording a whole podcast on that later on today. Oh, yeah, because we've been doing all week. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to end the week with a little doing and being <laughs> reflection. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so um, critical. It is. It is. Uh, wow, that was a fabulous overview. I agree with Tracy because I love it that our listeners have kind of like a big picture just listening to everything that's been packed in this book over 18 years of wisdom and working with multiple different countries and organizations. And um, we were really glad uh, to see the postscript, um, you know, chapters in there. And of course, we had you on our podcast episode number 47 in case our listeners haven't heard it where you know, the three of us did a deep dive onto the COVID-19 pandemic with health and the economy and how critical it is for us to be vigilant and balance that and um, the individual freedom and the common good polarity, both very prevalent at this time in history. Yeah. And um, just wanted, you know, that was a few months ago, the book's out, the, the, the information is in your book. It's also, you know, 
available if you go to our episode number 47. Readers can even download the op-ed articles. But um, let's just kind of talk about today where we're sitting with that and what are we learning even since you wrote those um, op-ed articles. Just what have you been reflecting on related to that, Barry? Well, um, I'm, I'm not sure if I, if I brought it up back then, but one thing that has certainly uh, stuck with me, and it's, um, it's one of the most important dimensions to be aware of uh, when you misdiagnose something, uh, you see it as a problem to solve, when in fact it's a polarity to leverage. And so what happens when you misdiagnose it, so let's take a look at, at health, and the economy. Um, and uh, if you misdiagnose it and see it as an either or proposition, are we gonna focus on health or are we gonna focus on the economy? Um, with any polarity, what happens is when it gets misdiagnosed, it gets, it, goes, it gets into a power struggle. So who's going to win in this power struggle? So, that, so the system pays the first time the system pays for this misdiagnosis, seeing it as an or issue when it's an and issue, is when they spend energy fighting over it. So, so you're spending a lot of energy fighting over, are we going to focus on the economy or are we going to focus on the health of our citizens? All of that fight energy is a waste of time. The second time you pay is when one side wins. And because when one side wins, you get the downside of the winner's poll first and then you get the downside of uh, of the other poll so for example um, uh, when uh, when you overfocus on the economy so what happened uh, when uh, when the Trump administration came in um, they, there was a clear decision around health and economy uh, to pay attention to the economy and it, and they took things out, which including the whole system was set up by the Obama administration to respond to pandemics when they occurred. So they just essentially defunded it. Why? Because they were trying to figure out how to save money. So they're focused on the economy. And so they took that out because it's like, that's not likely to ever happen, you know, da, 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 da. And so there was a focus on the economy. Now, when you over-focus on the economy to the neglect of health, you're going to be vulnerable to health issues. So we set ourselves up for the downside of overfocus on the economy to the neglect of health, which was health vulnerability. So when the pandemic came, we were extremely vulnerable to that downside, right? Now, what happens is if you persist in focusing on, on the same poll over time, what happens is you end up getting the downside of the other poll as well. So this, so what happened so powerfully in the COVID-19 pandemic is the overfocus on economy first led to significant and continued to be significant healthcare uh, disasters and problems, the downside of focusing on the economy to the neglect of health. But also you end up hurting the economy. So you find yourself having hurt the economy, which is the downside of overfocusing on health to the neglect of the economy would be to hurt the economy. So paradoxically, you have not only undermined healthcare, you have undermined the economy. So with all polarities, what happens is when you overfocus on one pole to the neglect of the other, first you get the downside of the pole you overfocus on, then you get the downside of the other one as well. This is very important. It is not 
uh, it's not to say, well, when we focus on the economy to the neglect of healthcare, at least the economy's going. It's not true. Just notice what's happening. You say, well, at least we're focusing on the economy. Uh, we may have some healthcare problems, but we don't have any economy problems. Well, actually, it's not true. We have healthcare problems and we have economy problems. So that's, that's I think, the most important uh, thing that stays with me as such, a, such an obvious example to say what happens when you overfocus on one pole or the other. You get the downside of both over time. Yeah, there's so many lessons right now. And, you know, uh, you just don't want to miss it, right? You just really want to. And then the whole thing that Tracy and I have been trying to bring forward with our, uh, you know, with our listeners on the podcast and our Sunny Side Up show that we do is, you know, just this, the whole why being vigilant is so important, right? So that we really can course correct. And, and right now it's so critical that we're vigilant in this whole dynamic between, you know, the economy and health too, because we're making daily decisions, right? I mean, yeah. states are, so it's, it's not an either or simple answer. So if we, there's a, just a great learning opportunity here for all of us. Yes. Well, it's the layers too, right? Layers. It's all the layers, the individual, like it, like you said, the part, the whole, right? All the layers of the part and whole are mm -hmm. in this. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, hey, and you know what? We just, we, um, we really want to uh, thank you for, we kind of went over the volume one, the volume two. You already shared that Tracy and I have a couple of uh, chapters we co-authored in volume two, um, along with our mentor, Bonnie Wazorek. And um, so it's great that they're listed in the back of volume one. And we're really looking forward to volume two coming out, of course. And we thought uh, we'd take just a few minutes at the end of our podcast today for Tracy and I just to share a little bit about, um, you know, what's coming out in volume two as it relates to polarities and healthcare and, and uh, the chapters that we wrote. That's great. Yeah. So we have uh, two chapters. The first one is the importance of polarity thinking in healthcare. And of course, that was co-authored by uh, Bonnie Wissorek, myself, and Tracy. And um, in this particular chapter, we really focus on the point of care and um, healthcare transformation at the point of care and what we've learned over the years and really how we even identify sort of in what Barry shared earlier around the whole hierarchy and partnership that in the whole effort to transform care at the point of care, at the heart of it, there's multiple key polarities to leverage. And it was once we had that understanding that we really um, could help others within healthcare organizations understand how they could leverage those as well. And it was really, uh, and we tried to capture in the chapter our major lessons learned. And it really came out of wor working for, you know, many, many years working with thousands of clinicians in over 400 organizations across North America. And, um, and then we end, so we kind of share those insights in the chapter and then we end how Bonnie partnered with Barry to really develop the first uh, reliable and uh, valid tool to measure uh, key polar polarities in healthcare as well. So it's just a nice uh, summary of actually, again, like your 18 years <laughs> of writing the book of our 25 years, 30 years uh, in working with healthcare organizations. And it's just a broad sum summary of at the bottom line, the chapter says it. It's the importance of polarity thinking in healthcare, and, and of course, Tracy, are, we're on a mission to really um, have it be a key leadership competency because it is that important. So that's what the first chapter is about. Great, great. 
Yeah. And the second chapter is um, leveraging a healthy healing organization framework that's grounded in polarity thinking to achieve healthcare transformation. And so, again, really building off the 30 years of experience that we had in working with healthcare organizations across North America to create healthy healing uh, work cultures and environments for clinicians and others that work in those environments. And, and what we found was there was these key crux polarities that collectively, right, really helped to manage what we're seeing have been chronic imbalances in demand and resources when it comes to clinicians. And there's been a, a huge call from the National Academy of Medicine, right, this awareness over the last few years of the, um, the significance of burnout for clinicians and that there needs to be system changes. And as we spoke earlier, it's not just the system changes, it's individual changes, but this healthy healing organization framework is really designed with those founded in the polarities, but also coupled with other um, competencies and skills that are necessary for leaders to really um, balance these polarities and shift the organization and the culture um, to uh, really be more healthy and healing to support and combat um, burnout and support well-being for clinicians and leaders. And we know that leaders are really carry the burden of the shift, right? And they, they are driven to support their clinicians. We've heard that loud and clear, especially through the pandemic, that the primary concern is to support the clinicians. And uh, we want to give them the tools and the knowledge and the resources to do that. And again, leveraging a polarity assessment um, around these eight crux polarities to help them put their finger on the pulse of where their culture is, where they are as leaders, what the organization's experiencing um, at the multiple levels um, so that they can strategically take that both and approach, right? And uh, apply problem solving certainly where it's needed but to not look at burnout simply as a problem, to recognize and leverage the polarities that are inherent within it um, and that lie under the surface. So that's kind of what that chapter covers as well. And just so grateful, Barry, that you let us include that. Well, it's terrific. It's terrific to be reminded of what you have in both of those chapters. And it's a great example of the reason to have a volume two. Mm -hmm. And that is that, that there's no way that I could speak about healthcare uh, with the kind of um, intimacy and life experience that you bring to healthcare, and um, and this is true, you know, for any of the disciplines out there. I mean, uh, when I consult with um, with the Department of Defense, I mean, I've never been in the military, but so I need to have somebody who is in the military to find this useful and to have them you know, combine their experience in the military uh, with a polarity lens and with these principles. So I'm encouraging uh, people who are reading this book to think of, well, you know, where, what's my, how can I bring my experience, uh, my wisdom, my discipline, how can I combine that with a polarity lens uh, to make a difference in, in the area where my passion is, like the two, uh, two of you have done. So it's just a, it's just a wonderful example of what, um, what I was hoping for when I first started talking about polarities. And, uh, and so I just love the fact that you've got those two chapters in. So thank you. Barry, when, when can um, listeners expect to see the second book? Um, it, 
we're um, we're not sure uh, exactly when it when it is, but it will be um, it'll probably be about three months from now. Uh, that's our that's our guess. Um, we're uh, we've been we've been guided by some people, a pub publicist, in terms of of uh, getting books out. And one of the things they've said is that it's a good idea to give a little bit of distance between the first book and the second book, mm -hmm. so people have a chance to read it, and and then you can go back to that whole the group that has demonstrated interest in the first book, and and uh, and let them know the second one's available now. Yeah. We intentionally built in information about the first book and all the chapters and everything I mean about the second book in the first book because we wanted people to know it is a two-part series so I think about about three months is my guess but well that yeah. makes makes total sense right yeah, it does they'll it be does. they'll be wanting that second uh, edition as soon as, <laughs> as soon as they go through this wisdom that's in this first book they're gonna be wanting that second book <laughs> that's the hope yeah that's great well, we're going to include, uh, you know, in our, our show notes for our listeners of how to get a copy mm -hmm. of the first book. And we really encourage everyone to do that. Um, and, uh, and we just really want to thank you, Barry. You know, you started, we started with gratitude at the beginning of our podcast interview with you. And I just, I, I would just like to close to express my gratitude for you. Um, you're such a gift. You know, one of Tracy, uh, Tracy and I, we really like movies. And one of our favorite movies is a movie, Sliding Doors with Gwyneth Paltrow. Have you ever seen that movie, Barry? No, I haven't. So. Oh, well, you and Dana will have to watch it on some movie night. But it's a great movie, and it's about a woman's story of how she um, almost misses a train. But the storyline goes, the movie takes you in two different directions. One, she makes the train. And what her life is like when she makes the train and how uh, when she doesn't make the train, how her life goes. Huh. And um, I was just sitting here thinking what our life would be like if we hadn't met you and been introduced to polarities. Uh, we would have had two different, totally different experiences. And so I'm just really sitting here feeling very blessed that we got on the Barry Johnson train a long time ago <laughs> and have met so many other wonderful people that like to your point in uh, volume two, uh, we just, uh, just this morning, we aired our episode number 57 with Tim Arnold, who we met through you and he's doing phenomenal work on leadership and polarity. So um, just, just very grateful. And we just want to thank you again for uh doing your third episode, and I'm sure we'll have you back again. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks very much for having me and for all the work you're doing to bring uh, polarity thinking to the, to the world. And I think it's, it's really useful to pay attention to what we're pointing at as, uh, as much as who's doing the pointing. And so I think all of us are pointing at this beautiful gift, the phenomena of the interdependent pair, that is a gift to us like sunshine and gravity. It's just, it's a part of how the universe functions. And so the more people we can have appreciating it and pointing at it uh, in your own way, uh, the better. And you do, you are doing a wonderful job at, at pointing at this great phenomena. So thank you for that. It's great. Yeah. I, I like to think about it like, you know, those individuals that are colorblind and they get those glasses. 
you know, uh, they get the, the color vision glasses and you watch those videos and they put those glasses on and it's like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? This is what the world is like. <laughs> That's what I think about polarity thinking. It's like you put those glasses on and you're like, oh man, I've been missing this the whole time, you know, like. Yeah. It, to your point, it, it's a natural phenomenon. It is how the world works. And yeah. and once you have that awareness, you're awake to it. You can't help but see it. And then I just want to thank you for today because I'm always learning, right? I'm always learning mm -hmm. so much more. And this book, I can't wait to read the whole thing and just really sit with it and reflect on it. And because there's, it's simple but there's so much to learn, right? And there's so much to experience and unpack around it. So I'm just so grateful again for be with you today and to learn again from you and to read this book. It's just going to be, I know my life will be changed again <laughs> in different ways just because of the wisdom that's here. So thanks so much, Barry. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And Barry, where can people find you? They listen to the interview today and they want to get a, get a hold of you. And what's the best way? Um, it's uh, well the website is www.polaritypartnerships.com and my email is barry at polaritypartnerships.com so great so they can go to the website to find out things they can go to my email address to talk with me awesome that's terrific well thanks again and we'll see you on a future episode of healthcare's missing logic okay <laughs> wonderful I look forward to it okay bye, <laughs> bye, -bye. thank you thanks again bye now Thanks as always for listening to Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. You can find show notes and links at our website, missinglogic.com forward slash new dash podcast. If you're the kind of leader who wants to help others, then share this podcast with your peers and other healthcare leaders. We're certain if you found value in it, they will too. Please share this on your social media channels and leave us a review in iTunes. If you don't know how to leave a review, you can find instructions at the end of the show notes. We'd also love to hear and answer your questions. So if you have some questions, you can email us at questions at missinglogic.com. And we may include your question in a future episode. <laughs>